Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Welcome back to another episode of my show. I'm your host, Ben Hur, and today we're going to be talking about a whole lot of stuff once again my travels and tribulations on dialysis. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ukrainian war, a lot of stuff going on there, uh, the abortion law that's going to change possibly if those leaked documents have an effect or have the desired effect that they're looking for, we may see the entire face of the nation change very soon. Also, Johnny Depp and his gummy gummy bears. What's up with that? Alright, well, like I said, you listen to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Thank you for coming back to the Anchor Podcast System and checking it out. I also heard that if you're listening on iHeartRadio, and I believe I'm there in their podcast uh, department, wherever that is, they have a thing where you can actually send me a message on my podcast in real time. You'll have up to 30 seconds to leave your message, your question, or your comment, and we can go from there. All right? Well, we'll get into this as soon as we get back. A lot more stuff to cover. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what goes on at clinic nowadays. Uh, Your typical day starts, in my case, at about 3 o'clock in the morning. I have to get up about 3.30 or so. Well, it's because I get up early because I have to have uh, a little bit of uh, wake up juice and um, well basically let me tell you my routine I get up let's just say I open my eyes at 3.15 in the morning I get up get dressed go and wash up get my coffee started I take my juice and I take my morning meds my blood pressure and my daily aspirin regimen then I have uh, about 4 ounces of juice, usually apple juice, or maybe grape juice, just depends on what I'm in the mood for, or what's in the fridge. I take that, uh, by that time the coffee's ready, I pour my cup, and I go and I sit down, I do have a little something to eat, just to get everything awake and moving, and that's usually a couple of peach halves, and, uh, I down those, then I drink the coffee, 
then it's around four, four o'clock, four thirty, if I'm lucky. Then I go and I uh, take care of business. I have my morning, my early morning constitutional. Now, for those of you who don't know, and that's many, most of you, I don't have a colon. I had my colon removed in 2010 because of a ruptured uh, diverticuli that was a bleeder. And I nearly bled out in the emergency room when I got finally got to the hospital. That story in itself is a long and drawn out uh, thing. So I have uh, strange bathroom habits that, yeah, you know, I'm a lot different than what normal is or what you would think that normal is. So uh, after 12 years, I've learned to, I've learned to live with the, the ups and downs. And uh, right now I'm on a probiotic that kind of really helps a lot. And... Um, Okay, so now it's about 5 o'clock and I'm walking out the door and I'm getting ready to drive over to the clinic. It takes me about 10 minutes to get there. Traffic's usually great because there's nobody out. Eh, there's a few people out, you know, the early birds, the, the people go, the, the drivers from from Bill Miller's that I always run into as they're all leaving the, the depot there downtown, which won't be there much longer. They're going to be moving to new digs somewhere away from downtown where they won't be tied up traffic the way they do in the morning, especially when the big trucks come in with all the briskets for them to cook. So, uh, anyway, I get to clinic about 5, 15, 5, you know, thereabouts. I walk in, and there's usually, I can see from out the outside window, I'll look in and I'll see if there's three or four people in the waiting room, well, then they're moving pretty, pretty briskly. But if there's eight or nine people in there, somebody didn't show up for work. That's the thing with with this cl- with the clinic. Now, I think they're all like that. I understand that the technicians are just are human as as I am, and uh, sometimes people get up late for work. Sometimes people don't show up for work for whatever reason. But that really, really throws a wrench into our works. Because now, if I walk into the waiting room and there's nine people in there, we're really backed up. And they already know this about me in the clinic, and they don't. I don't think they like it. Uh, my chair time is 5:45. It means I should be called. I should be being called in. Actually, no. My chair time is 5:30. So I should be called at 5.15 to weigh me in, let me wash my arm, my, my, uh, my area, and then prep it and then stick it. And then I should be on the machine by 5.30. That rarely happens. The chair time is their ideal time in an ideal world in an ideal clinic where everybody got up on time, everybody showed to work on time, there's a good flow, Everybody's helping everybody else out. And you get in, you get on, and you get on with your life. When that doesn't happen, which is more often than not, uh, you have backups. So when you think you're going to get out, you don't. You're, gonna, you're looking at maybe a half hour later. Now, they know 
and I've I've told him many times if I'm sitting in that waiting room and I don't get on by six o'clock, I grab my bag and I leave because I'm not going to put up with that. Okay, let me let me let me ask you if you're saying, well, you know, you're being unreasonable. Let me let me just back up a little bit. When I first started this, when I first went to this clinic on my first day, I sat down with the social worker, and in this case, it was a dietitian because the social worker wasn't there that day, but she was on vacation, something to that effect. And uh, we went over all the do's and don'ts, the rules and regs, and we went over something called my patient's rights. The patients, all of us have rights. Now, over time, you forget what those rights are, but one of those rights is your chair time. There's, they're obligated to have you in on, and on that machine by your chair time. It's not a goal that they try to achieve. I mean, they, they'd like to. In a, in a perfect world, that's the way it would work, but we don't live in a perfect world. Uh, so they get you on as best they can, and then you'll do your time. Some people do three hours. I do three hours. I used to do four. And then my uh, I, I responded very well to the treatment. And they cut my time down by 50 minutes. So now I do three hours and 45 minutes. And I'd love for another evaluation to be done. So maybe I can get cut down to three and a half. Now, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get away from that because I'm a big guy. There's another big guy there, Galvan, who is also, uh, he's bigger than I am. I mean, I weigh in at 120 kilos, he's at 150. So he packs 60 more pounds than I do. And uh, he does a full four hours. There's some other people that, because they're smaller people, you know, they weigh less, they do less time. But I do three hours and 45 minutes. So you have to understand when I'm sitting there watching the clock that I haven't been called in yet, I'm already doing the math in my head as to when I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, I know it's for my life. It's for the benefit of my life. But I think like with everything, you're idealistic. Uh, and it's great. And there's, oh, what's the word? A sense of excitement and adventure that, you know, well, see, over time, the adventure wears off. And then you get people that come in your clinic, like the old, our old FA, our old facility administrator, Alberto Perez. He left abruptly because he had a, he had a lot of problems with the upper management at, at the, uh, the corporation. The corporation is U.S. Reno. Now, Alberto was a guy that would come in at four in the morning, or actually earlier. Sometimes he would open, and he would help out all the techs. He would, if he didn't like to see a waiting room full of people, so he would bring people on himself. He would, he would stick us himself. He would just to get you on, just to get the people down in the waiting room down to almost none. His schedule time is 8.30 or so in the morning till 5 or 6 o'clock. Makes sense, right? So he went to the head doctor, the doctor that owns the whole shebang. 
I said, hey, listen, I'm putting in all these extra hours. I'd like to get paid for them. And they told him, no. Your time is 8.30 to 5.30. You come in any earlier, that's on you. Which is BS, if you ask me. He was willing to put in the extra time. You should pay him for it. Uh, by the same token, the technicians, they're usually, they schedule them in, in uh, staggered forms so not every, every, everybody gets a chance to do it, to open and close. So you have one person that comes in, they're supposed to come in at 3.30 in the morning. See, here's the catch. The first patients go on, I think, at 5 o'clock in the morning. So that means all the machines have to be on, primed, ready, full of the necessary chemicals for each patient because each one of us requires a different kind of mix. Some have to be mixed a little heavy, some have to be a little bit lighter. Once again, based on your body size and mass. So, now, there, a lot of this involves turning on and, and, and a, the manipulation of water. Because water plays a big part that the machines are connected to a water source. The water has to flow, so you have to make sure, that the technician has to make sure all the water is on, that the pH is set to the right, uh, the right uh, balance, along with the right mixture for each machine, for each, for each patient. A lot of work goes into preparing us for our treatments. We don't just go and get stuck and hooked up to the machine. The machine has a lot of things it has to do. It has to be turned on, it has to be tested, it, have to, it has to be a primed, you know, just like an engine. It's got to run for a while on a cold day. So then, uh, that takes time. It takes more time than the hour and 15 minutes that they're giving them. But they don't pay them until their their, pace, their their day starts at 3.45. That's when they can clock in. So if they come in at 2.30, they're going to work for a whole hour and 15 minutes of their own of their own time and they're not going to get paid for it but that's when it's crucial because that's when you get everything done here once again listen hear me out that's when you get everything done the water's flowing the chemicals are mixed for each and every individual patient and there's 25 of us that come in that first tier and then we can move with ease and we're in boom 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 and you're on but when you can't, when they're trying to struggle to get the machines ready and the machines prepped and, they're, and, they're, and the first patient's already walking in, the clock is ticking. And that's when you start getting backed up. I don't know why they can't pay these people to come in early. You know, that's the funny thing about Dr. Masari. The, the head, he's the head guy. I, I'm not afraid to call him out. He drives a Tesla. I've told you this before. He's got a nice Tesla, $80,000 car in the parking lot. So he gets paid. But he can't pay the technicians or the FAs that come in for their time. And that I call bullshit. Because, once again, as I've told you before, they say we are the most important part of their job. But they don't treat us that way because if they can't get paid to do the machine work on time, to get us in on time, then they failed. 
which means Dr. Masari, the guy at the top of the pyramid, has failed. Which means he shouldn't be he shouldn't be in charge. No. He needs to go. I'm sorry. And by the same token, if you have technicians that cannot show up on time, they need to go. You just can't be put keep putting uh, reprimands in their records. They need to be terminated, and you need to find other people. Once again, I said our clinic is starting to stabilize a little bit because they're hiring more permanent people. So after two years of the of the pandemic, we're getting we're getting there. It's going to take a little bit more time. Now, if we could just get rid of these goddamn masks, that would make things much, much better. Oh, that's the most ridiculous thing that there is, is this mask thing that they still enforce in the doctor's offices. I've been vaccinated and boosted the required number of times. And I may have gotten it. I don't know. I really don't know if I've gotten it or not. Uh... I've gotten sick, could have had the COVID, but I'm also vaccinated. (coughs) So, that little cough told me that my throat is starting to tickle. I've been talking too long. Yeah, 15 and a half minutes. So, Um, that's the the gist of it. You know, if we could get in on time, we'd be a lot happier and a lot better off. So, all right. Uh, We're going to end this block here and get ready to move on. So, stick around. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben-Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sticking around. Um, pardon my voice. I um, It's the day after treatment or the evening after treatment, and uh, it gets a little iffy sometimes. Uh, I won't, won't be fully recovered until tomorrow. Uh, it's a result of all the fluid they take out of you and uh, remove it. So... There's a lot of things going on at my clinic. I know it's a work in progress. They're trying to make it better. But something made me think today. My regular technician wasn't there today. I had a different tech. One of the new people. She's okay. But it leads me to the point that is the topic of this block. Now... I have to make the assumption that you went into the medical profession because you like working with people. You enjoy helping people, seeing that they get what they need, seeing that they get ahead, and sometimes at your expense. It's just, that's just the way it is, so, you know, you can't get around it. 
So, this gal, like I said, she's not bad, but she's not great. Because it goes back to something that I was told a long time ago. When I asked why, I asked one tech why she did this. She goes, because we do it for you. We're here for you. But they don't seem to make me feel that way. And that starts at the top. It starts with Dr. Masari, the guy that's in charge of all this. All the way down to the employee at the bottom of the rung of the ladder, which would be the tech. Now, I'm sure if I asked her, she would say, yes, I'm here for you. But her actions say different. And I have to stop and I have to question that. There are a slew of other techs that are there that seem to have the right attitude. They're there for us. You need something, it's done, you know. Perfect example. Uh, And maybe if the facility administrator listens to this particular episode, maybe we'll see some changes made. I guess it's just that they they don't get told these things and... And I understand where, over time, some things will slip away from you. Things that you used to do, but you just got away from because nobody's watching. You know what I mean? So, perfect example is, I can be sitting there. Now remember, I am connected to a machine. If I get up out of my chair, I can go maybe about two feet before the the tubes tug me back because you know you can't go very far the tubes there's only about four or five feet of tubing that connects you to the machine so you're stuck there and these machines alarm all the time now the way it's broken down is there are one two three four five sections I believe and each section has four chairs for patients now each tech is responsible for a section so when an alarm goes off within her section she has a tent to it but it makes sense to me that if there's a tech just happens to be passing by and and the, the section tech is not there she should take care of it but they walk by like nothing like they don't see it they don't hear it see once again you get away from doing things and it gets it's a practice that becomes no longer a practice Uh, there's another tech that likes to get in everybody's business and she's usually on the other end of the building when I see her and I'll wake up from my little morning nap and she'll be standing there, you know, tapping away on my machine console. I understand that from time to time, techs will come and check all the machines to make sure everybody's okay. And that, that and I guess they have to enter into the computer that they made a check. That's fun. That's great. But uh, when you don't get any... What's the term? Acknowledgement from that person that, hey, I'm here, how you doing? You know, there's nothing wrong with talking to us. There's this new guy. He's been there about oh, six weeks, maybe a little maybe a little bit longer. 
I know his name because I've heard them call him, and his name is Roland. He's a good kid. He was doing his check on me, and I looked at him and said, hey, how you doing? He said, oh, I'm really, really doing real good, sir. How are you? I said, I'm fine. I said, you're Roland, right? He goes, yeah. Okay, I said, my, I introduced myself to him. You know, he knows, he knows my name, I know his. So then I said, "How are you? Are you qualified yet? Are you? Are you? I thought you were on your own." He goes, "Well, I am, but they're, they're still keeping an eye on him because I think he's doing what they call that OJT." So then, about ten minutes later, this other kid, the other kid that that Roland was training with, comes by to do a check on me, and I say, "Hey, how are you doing?" I said, "What's your name?" He said, "Jay." I said, just J, like the letter J or J-A-Y? He goes, no, just the letter J. I said, oh, okay. So I introduced myself once again. And, you know, he goes about his business. Now, maybe you think that's a little petty, but I don't know. I see I see a lot of, not like, I don't want to say lackadaisical. I'm just saying like, you know, I come from a world where if you open the door, close it. If you drop it, pick it up. If it's unlocked, lock it. You know, it's it's that kind of nature. And when I see people just walking by as a machine alarms, you know, check. I don't understand why they can't check. You're walking by, yeah, maybe it's not your section, but there's no section tech around, so check it check the alarm I remember some time back if you've ever been in a hospital or a doctor's office in the restrooms they usually have a call bell and that's in the event you pass out or you feel faint you can hit that switch and it'll sound an alarm that they know somebody's in distress in the restroom and they can come help you well this happened all maybe about a year ago I was in the john taking care of my business and uh, I looked up and I noticed that the switch had been tripped. I tripped it accidentally because I remember grabbing the little handicap bar and I must have pressed against the string attached to the switch and the switch engaged. So I turned it off. But I sat there thinking nobody came. See what I mean? There's a light that goes on above the restroom. I guess nobody bothers to pay attention. So I guess you could say it was just a lack of attentiveness on many parts. So hopefully, uh, if FA listens to this episode, take these things into consideration, or maybe sit down with me, and we'll I'll go over all the things that I see. I said. Because I've told almost anybody that listen, when I'm here for four hours, I have nothing better to do than to watch you and watch everything that you do. People are easily predictable because people live by a simple rule. The things people do and the times that they do them. We're creatures of habit. We will tend to do the same things at the same time. You will go on break at the same time. You will go to lunch at the same time. You will sit in the same spot. You will get the same cup. You will fill it with the same beverage. You know, so creatures of habit. You park in the same place. And uh, 
that's just human nature. And I'm hip to that. And uh, a lot of mistakes are made on a daily basis. I'm not, I'm not saying that any of these people are perfect. We're only human. We, we're, we're limited by our, our, our thought process. Another thing, uh, my, the technician I had today, not very friendly. No, not a good bedside manner. Doesn't talk to anybody. Doesn't talk to other patients. You know, she uh, she came up to do a check on me about 8.15. And I said, oh, I'm glad you came up because it's that time. She just looked at me and said, well, what time is that? In a really shitty tone. I said, well, it's time that I have to go to the... I need to use the restroom. Oh, okay. Just a minute. Then she had to walk away and go through about five or six drawers to find the, the equipment that she needed to prep me to get off of the, take me off of the machine. Now, that in itself is okay. But like my regular tech knows I gotta go about halfway through. Once again, I covered this in my earlier uh, block about not having a colon. So my bathroom habits are not what you would expect from a normal person. Most people sit there for four hours with no ill effect. I, I can't. I can't. I can't work that way. I have to. I, my my insides work on a rhythm and a and a schedule all their own. And uh, so when I gotta go, I gotta go. And it's usually about the same time of the day, about eight, around eight ish, eight eight fifteen there thereabouts. Now, she, she could do better, but that's why I said, most people that go into the medical profession usually already like people. They like helping people. I think she's kind of the proverbial fish out of water. You know what, maybe her attitude works better at Walmart, you know, stocking shelves or greeting people. Well, I mean, maybe not even greeting people, maybe behind the, the, the uh, register. I'm just saying, this is my observation, you know. I don't know that I could do that job either. I mean, it's just like, uh, I told her, when she actually said five words to me toward the end of my session, and I told her, I said, wow, that's the most you've said since you've been here to me. I can never get a word out of you. This was her response. Well... I'm not a morning person, and I have a hard time getting up. I said, oh, you want me to wake you up? I'll wake you up in the morning. I said, look, I get up at 3 o'clock. I don't want to be here either. But I get up, and I come, and I show up, and, I, and I'm here. So if you need somebody to wake you up, I will be more than happy to wake you up. I can do that. I'm very good at it. She laughed, and she was like, well, I know. Well, you know, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, then maybe you're in the wrong profession. Maybe you don't belong here, but you know, the lure of 20, 25 bucks an hour is very tempting, but I can't control that. So once again, hopefully if the FA listens to, if, if, oh, and let me, let me talk to you about the FA real quick. I mentioned her in my last uh, episode, her last name is Rubio, and I, I apologize to her today that I botched it. I thought it was Rivera. Reynosa Reyes, it's Rubio. It's Brandy Rubio. Brandy as in the song by Looking Glass. 
anyway, like I said, I like her. She's very receptive to what she does and, and to, to our arts. She like she likes to hear what we got to say. And hopefully she'll make make use of it and and make things try to make things better for us. Now if we could just get Dr. Masari on board and get him to fall in line as, as well. Like I said, all this forgetfulness, ignoring certain things, is a function of your upper management. It's a function of the general sitting at the top of the pyramid, and that's Dr. Masari. And I have no problem calling him out like that. I mean, I, if he came into my clinic, I would tell him to his face, this is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. You know, you need to know. Because you don't know, obviously, because the, you got people telling you, oh, it's great, you smell great, you look great. You got time to make commercials for a bank, but you don't have time to see your patients. And now that I'm talking about patients, there's something else I want to bring up. We have a person in our... I don't know what you'd call it. The patient pool... They are what we call the PA, the patient advocate. These are the people that speak for us. I think I mentioned them earlier. So if you got a gripe, a beef, you take it to them and they kick it upstairs. And although the way things work, they don't do much of anything about it, about anything. Uh, case in point, and I mentioned this the last time too, we have a patient who when he goes to the restroom, thinks he's at home. He leaves a complete and total mess in the restroom. Other people got to use that toilet. There's only there's only two toilets for the patients in that clinic. One's in the clinic itself. One's in the waiting room. And the people, these people think they're at home. They'll leave their mess. They'll leave urine all over the toilet seat. Other people got to sit there. I, I got to sit there. So, you know, have a little respect. When I raised hell about this about uh, two months ago, all they did was put a placard on the each each restroom door saying, please be kind for the other patients and don't leave a mess. That was it. I specifically asked the FA to put wipes in the restroom. You know, another trash can. This is the same restroom where the patient that I, that I complained about pooped on the floor. It wasn't intentional. It was an accident, but he didn't clean it up. He just left it there because I stepped in it. You know, this is just careless, thoughtless people who think they're at home. When I go to that restroom, it's cleaner than when I went in. Because I don't leave a mess for anybody because I know how I take care of my business. And when I'm done, I make sure it's clean. And see, this is another thing about the restroom. People leave their urine. They leave fecal material on the toilet seat. I've seen it. I've cleaned it. They don't realize. They think, oh, I'm wearing a mask, so I'm protected from the COVID. Many people don't seem to realize COVID is transmitted by fecal material on sinks, on toilets, which is why they encourage you, if you have COVID or you've been around COVID, to wash your hands very often. Because if you touch a sink that's got poop residue on it, you may get, and then you pick it up on your hand, you don't wash your hands, you rub your eye, you pick your nose, you put your finger in your mouth, you bite your nails, you've just ingested the coronavirus. 
or you're going to get sick. You may die if you're not vaccinated. So, that's what mo- many people don't understand. And they don't, they don't seem to, to press that. But what they do press is you got to wear that mask. And I've explained to them, to whoever will listen, that, that, the, uh, that the COVID-19 particles vary in size and that the mask will only protect you with something that's bigger than six microns. If it's smaller than that, you may inhale it and you may eat it and you may get sick. Oh, and the, the other thing, if, if, the, uh, if somebody sneezes or coughs without their mask on, and the little COVID particles are floating around in the clinic, it may get sucked into the air conditioning system and blown out another vent somewhere else. And since you're not, oh, you're wearing a mask, but you're not wearing eye protection, you're not wearing a face shield, that particle may fall on your eye, and guess what? Now you've got coronavirus. Now you're gonna get sick. Now you may die. You may not if you're vaccinated. Or if you're younger, but the only person that's young there is this kid named Zachary. He's 21 years old. The rest of us are all over 50. Well, there's a couple that are in their 30s. But, uh, yeah, so many things. I mean, I want the staff to succeed. I want them uh, to get, this is the most important thing. One of the reasons, and I've mentioned this once again in a different, excuse me, in a different uh, uh, block that uh, about the, the way they get paid. If the Dr. Massar would pay these people the what, what he should, when he should, these people would come in earlier to prep the machines for the morning shift. And there would be nobody in the waiting room when I get there. That hasn't happened in a long time. You walk in there, there's at least three people in the waiting room. Sometimes there's nine because somebody didn't show up. But a lot of times it's because they don't, they, they're not going to come in until they, they until they're allowed to clock in. But yet, Dr. Masari has a 70, an $80,000 Tesla in the parking lot. So, who's zooming who? You know? I think that's a total load of BS, if you ask me. Well, we have some good people, you know. We have a a good doctor, Dr. Velez, my doctor. He cares about us. He cares about what he does. And I'm glad he's not one of the upper-level managers. He's he's the doctor. He sees most of us most of the time. Uh, Dr. Bauman's another good doctor. You don't see him too often, though, because he's at another clinic. Then you have the facility administrator, which is RN, uh, Brandy Rubio. Underneath her, we have two floor nurses. We have Luis and we have Stephanie. Stephanie is currently out with a shoulder injury. She had shoulder surgery and now she's undergoing physical therapy and all that and that takes time. So I can't even say when she'll be back. Then we have all the techs, and now, like I said, we're starting to stabilize with the techs. We have more. We have little by little. We have more permanent staff coming on, which is good. Which is good for us because it really does help. Little by little, it's coming together, and maybe it'll be I I what we would consider ideal 
Hopefully I won't die before that happens. So we'll see. All these people are working for a living. I have a question for you. Are you working to live or are you living to work? Are you there because you care about what you're doing? You care about people or are you just looking to make a paycheck? You know, we all have our reasons for what we do. I can't, I can't tell you what yours is. You're the only one that knows. And it would help if you told us. I believe in knowing where I stand with people. Oh, so anyway, let me go back to our patient advocate. I never, I didn't, fin I didn't even finish that that thing. I, I shot off on a different tangent. So I found out we not only have one, but we have two since it's such a large clinic. And each tier, I, I don't know if each tier has its own advocate, but we have 25 in my group. That's first tier. First tier, I mean, we come in at 5 o'clock to start the shift, and I'm the last one. I'm the tail end. I come in about 5.30. Oh, no, no, there's one other guy. He comes in at 5.45. He's the tail end. And then the people, the next second shift starts coming in around 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. Depending on whether they call them in early or not. Sometimes they do because people don't show up. It happens. So, we have two patient advocates. And I knew who one was, but I just found out the other day who the other one was. I would talk to her all the time. I had no idea who she was. I guess she likes keeping a low profile. But if that's the case, you're not doing us any good. You're hurting us. You're supposed to be out there complaining for us. Telling the people that make can make a difference to make a difference. All right. Well, that's enough for that part. I can't believe I've talked for 24 minutes. Wow. Okay. Well, let's wrap this one up. We'll come back. Try to lighten it up a bit. See what we can do. Put a smile back on your face. This tends to get a little heavy. I know. But be thankful you don't have my life. So just my little caveat to you. If you're a heavy drinker, cut it back. If you're a smoker, quit. Watch what you eat. Take care of your weight. Watch the sweets. Don't become a pre-diabetic or a full-fledged diabetic. Because you may end up in the chair next to me. And let's avoid all that. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. Well, it's not a blue moon. It's more like a blood red moon. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back and listening to the rest of my show. Well, it seems that on Sunday night, we're in for a celestial treat. 
there's a lunar eclipse that will start on Sunday night at about 10.30 in the evening. And it will run till about 12.30 in the morning. Now, what happens is... Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you, it's, it's called the Super Flower Blood Moon. Yeah, I know that's a lot to say. Now, the reason it's called a super moon, first and foremost, is because at, on this particular night will be its closest point of its orbit to the Earth. I forget if that's called perigee or I think it's apogee. Now, the moon doesn't have a perfectly circular orbit around the Earth. It wobbles just a little bit, so it's not always the same. That's otherwise we'd be having eclipses on a regular basis, but they're like, well, about one every few months. So now, that's the super part. The flower moon comes from the fact that this is taking place in May, and if May is the month where the flowers bloom, and they believe that the full moon has something to do with the flowers blooming in May. I don't know if that's true or not. Probably not. So, now, blood moon. What The, the reason for that is, yes, the, the moon was going to turn a blood red. First, and first, truthfully, what, what's actually happening is uh, the uh, eclipse is caused when the sun or when the earth passes in front of the, of the moon and its shadow is what you see eclipsing the moon. The reason the moon changes color is not there's anything physically happening to the moon itself. What's actually happening is the light from the sun is being filtered through our atmosphere and bent. Now, when it bends through our atmosphere, certain colors of the spectrum are, are omitted. They're, they're filtered out. So you're only going to see the darker colors. So what's going to happen at the beginning of the eclipse, the moon will go from its chalky gray to a little bit of pink as the... Uh, Eclipse pro pro progresses, it will turn a light orange, and then that will turn into a dark red. It's really trippy. If you've never seen one, it's really trippy to watch. Uh, and I hope none of the prophecies are going to come true. You know, the whole, the blood will turn red as blood, and the sun will go black as sackcloth and all that, and then the fire and brimstone and the four riders of the apocalypse, and da 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 So anyway... If you've never seen one and it's a nice cloudless night, put a chair out in the backyard or go someplace where there's very few trees that you can watch the eclipse take place. Now you can't do it at a park because the park's closed at sunset. So if you've got a nice open yard, your front yard, your backyard, or maybe you're, you can get up on your roof. And if, like I said, if it's a nice cloudless night, you can watch the dance that's been going on for millions of years. There have been many, many eclipses like this that we've never seen because we weren't here. And there will be many, many more after we're long gone. But either way, it's a very interesting night for a little celestial fun. So get out, watch the eclipse, and enjoy. Take a picture. Send it to me. Let me see what you saw. Because I'm going to be in bed 
because I have to get up at 3 o'clock the next morning to go to clinic. So I'm not going to be watching any um, eclipse. So take a picture and send it to my Twitter feed. But if you know me on Facebook, send it to me on Facebook or Messenger. As a matter of fact, now that we're talking about that, let me just let you know that you can reach me on Twitter if you'd like. Tweet me something. Tweet me what you think of the show. You hate it? You love it? You think it needs work? Tell me what you need, what you would fix. And I'll see what I can do. I am at Ben-Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y on Twitter. That's my handle. So, Blood Red Rune, Blood Red Moon on Sunday night. Get out there. You shouldn't need... This is not a solar eclipse, so you can see that you can see it with the naked eye. Now, if it was a solar eclipse, you'd have to get the the, the solar lens, uh, you, or maybe the the sun box. You know, one of these days I'll t- show you how to make that, and we'll go from there. All right, you're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Stick around. We'll be right back with more show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. And uh, this is probably going to be the last segment before we close out the episode. At the time I'm recording this, it's Thursday night, uh, May the 12th. Tomorrow will be Friday the 13th. So if you're listening to this tomorrow... Try to avoid any walking under any ladders or breaking any mirrors. Especially if you're the superstitious type. Try to avoid black cats and stepping on a crack in the sidewalk. Friday the 13th brings with it many, many connotations. Eh, sometimes it's just another day. But what is the allure of Friday the 13th? Well, it goes back to uh, the 16th century. The times of the Knights Templar. Uh, there was this cat named Prince Philip II of France. He didn't like the Templars because the Knights Templar were very rich, wealthy guys. They had a lot of gold, a lot of cash. They ran the banking system in old Europe. But he needed money to fund his wars. So he came up with the idea that the Knights Templar were Satanists holding secret rituals in their, uh, in their castle, sacrificing virgins, drinking blood, uh, hailing Satan, all that wonderful stuff. You know how that goes. So he decided to arrest them all, put them to death, and then in the process by, of denouncing them as frauds, he was going to take their money. Wow. Some things haven't changed, have they? People are still taking other people's money today. So on Friday the 13th, 
the the king's men went around to the all the, the castles of the Knights Templar and arrested them and the ones that put up a fight they killed they put to death right there on the spot they took their leader and some of his other high-ranking uh, lieutenants took them down and burned them at the stake as heretics and uh, the prince had the backing of the church because the church was going to get a cut of all their gold and silver and, and, and money so money does make you do evil things but that is the origin of Friday the 13th because this took place on a 13th day I think it was actually October but it was Friday and it was the 13th day of the month so that's one of the reasons why Friday the 13th has the connotation of being very unlucky really unlucky if you're a Knights Templar go figure right now I can be very superstitious for some things but uh, tomorrow when I get up, it's another day. But if I get there and the machines aren't working, then maybe there's something to that. All right, stick around. We're almost done. These are the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, when you hear the traveling Wilburys, you know we're at the end of the line. We're, we've come to the conclusion of this episode. And I thank you for sticking around and listening to the whole thing, if you did. I'd like to welcome our new listener. It's just one guy, yeah. And hopefully he listened to it. He wrote it down when I told him what the name of it was. And uh, my other new listeners listened to it. And... Brandy, you don't have to make your kids listen to it. You know, I think that's torture enough, making them listen to it. So, well, next week we're going to talk about something interesting, and that's death. Because it's been playing around in my head for a while. Also, we're going to talk about your health. There's several different kinds of health that we have to deal with. Emotional, mental, and physical. Each one affects the other. And we'll get into that a little bit too next week. But uh, sorry we couldn't, we didn't talk about Johnny Depp. But I think all he did this week was eat gummy bears in court. Nothing, nothing exciting there. So once again, catch me on Twitter at Ben Hur at T C C I N D Y, and drop me a line. Tell me what you think of the show, what you think you'd like to hear, or maybe what you would like for me to talk about. If there's a certain song you would like to hear at the uh, bumper music part of the show, well, let me know. Let me know that, too. Once again, that's Ben Hur at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y. All right. Well, that's the end of the line. We're just going to chill here with the Traveling Wilburys and uh, close this episode out. I will catch you guys next week on the flip side. And remember... 
Live, laugh, love. Live your life if it's your last day on earth. Love everyone on this on this earth, including yourself, and laugh. Don't forget to laugh. Laugh at yourself. Because it's not all it's not all that serious. Life is meant to have fun. Yeah, it gets hot and heavy sometimes, but what are you gonna do? That's just life. Take care. I love each and every one of you. And if you see me in public, say hello. Shake my hand and uh, let's have a little discussion. Let's uh, share some words. All right. You all take care and uh, sleep well. And remember, tomorrow's Friday the 13th or today's Friday the 13th, depending on your perspective. And it's not all that bad. The day will end even if stuff goes bad for you. Take care. We'll see you. Adios.